It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It's time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. This is the session. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And back for a second week, we have Tom's sister, Marty, back as we're going to continue talking about the link between nutrition and mental health. Now, before we dive into that and continue our conversation, Tom, let's turn to God's Word. This is Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. We're talking about our bodies as a temple of the Lord. And it's important, Scott, that we take care of them. Now, Marty, I know that anxiety is, uh, from what I've learned from Tom, anxiety and depression are very closely related. Uh, what have you found uh, as ang- comparing anxiety to depression and, and how that's handled from a nutritional side as you see someone exhibiting symptoms of that? Well, this piece of advice is really probably more over in Tom's department, but I often tell people, okay, step one, don't watch the news. You get to choose whether you want anxiety or depression, depending on how much news you watch. And we talked about exercise. Sleep is another thing. If you don't get enough sleep, some people really think that they're a hero and say, hey, I only sleep four hours a night. Like, that's a good thing. It's not because that's when your body gets rid of the toxins. It rebuilds things. And if you're shortchanging that, you're on a slippery slope to not being well. So making sure that you plan for good sleep. And that's another good reason not to watch the news late at night because it's likely to keep you awake. What is the relationship between alcohol and depression as far as you're concerned and and anxiety? One of the things that alcohol does is it depletes the body of magnesium and vitamin B1. And those are both critical for good mental health. That's why alcoholics end up often with tremors and various kinds of hallucinations, mental issues is because they don't have the magnesium and they don't have the B1. And in fact, at one point, Years ago, the distillers floated the idea of adding magnesium and B1 to the booze. And the FDA, which often has a very peculiar stance on things, said, no, that would contaminate the liquor. Hmm. What? So we were were talking about making alcohol healthy. Yes. Well, (laughs) 
I think it wouldn't have sold because they don't taste good and B vitamins don't smell very good. I think it would have probably not been a successful effort, but anybody who is drinking or eating a lot of sugar, vitamin B1 is very critical for nervous system health and eating a lot of sugar does two things, probably many other things, but in this regard, two things. It interferes with the absorption of vitamin B1 and it feeds the yeast in the intestinal tract. And there's a fungus among us when we're talking about what's in the intestinal tract, the bacteria, there are also yeasts. And those take over when you've had an antibiotic or when you continue to feed them their favorite food, which is sugars and refined carbohydrates. And what they do is they create poisons called mycotoxins. Those get into circulation and they can make you very depressed, anxious, joints ache, and things that you know are, are depressing. If you start hurting all over, it's likely to affect your mood. Right, and, and Marty, I wanna go back to the sleep and anxiety. Research is pretty clear that there's a negative correlation between them. The higher the degree of anxiety, typically the lower to the level of sleep you're not sleeping, you probably have a higher level of anxiety. And so trying to treat the anxiety and help sleep. So if, if a patient comes in to us and they're struggling with anxiety, that's one of the areas we're going to focus on is what are you doing about sleep? And maybe some sleep strategies that would help because, you know, our body is replenishing itself. It's when we have productive sleep, it's a really good thing. And so anyway, that's one of the ones we look at is, you know, how, how do we help you sleep? That's a really good point you brought up. Well, the two prongs of the prime directive that we haven't spent much time on the toxic side of it, but we tend to poison our bodies. I just mentioned one source of poison is feeding the yeast that create these mycotoxins. People may have heard of aflatoxin, which is one that's on crops that's actually lethal, but we grow them inside our bodies. Alcohol, Excess caffeine, a little bit of caffeine, a couple of three cups in the morning, probably sometimes I'm not sure I believe the studies, but it looks like from those studies that that's something that's good for you, probably because the coffee bean is an antioxidant. I shouldn't have any problem with cancer then because I I drink my share of coffee. (laughs) I think if you're drinking coffee or colas, something with caffeine in it after dinner, you're kind of fighting against the sleep. Right. There's a particular kind of magnesium I like to take at night. It's called magnesium threonate or magteen, and several companies make it. It has a carrier on it that crosses the blood-brain barrier, so it's very calming and helps you sleep. You don't take any real energizing nutrients before bedtime, you tend to sort them out and take the Mm -hmm. more calming ones at night. Yeah. I like to look at anxiety as the warning signal on the dashboard. And that would be like a signal in your brain that when I'm feeling anxious, something's wrong in my emotional self. Typically we're talking about anxiety. It's amazing how One of the features of anxiety is it makes catastrophic thinking. 
you begin to think about things in a much bigger picture. They're much in your mind and you're thinking much worse than what it appears. So consequently, it becomes a fuel and it fuels itself. And the vicious cycle continues. The more I think about these, these crises that I think could happen, the more anxious I get, the more anxious I get, the more I get wound up. So it's really important that we, we begin to impact what we think. There are people who they put their heads on the pillow at night and that whole process starts to kick in gear and they're thinking and obsessing about all kinds of things. And it's feeling more and more, adrenaline, cortisol, paradrenaline in the bloodstream. And then we want to see you sleep. Yeah, good luck with that. I have now a long enough prayer list that I don't do a very good job of staying awake to (laughs) cover them all. And if I have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I finish more. And then sometimes (laughs) it's still in the morning. But when I, I, I have a trick I used to do if I'd wake up during the night and have trouble going back to sleep, I memorized all the states and all the state capitals, and I do different uh-huh. combinations of those because I never was able to count sheep, anything that was too routine. I'd be three sheep in, and I'd be at a meeting or something you know, in my right. head. So I needed something that was a little bit more engaging to keep my interest, but not right. anything to worry about. Uh-huh. Prayer does that. I used to teach the state capitals when I taught. And so that was always a big thing to know all of them. Well, you know, that was several lives ago, so to speak, (laughs) many moons ago. I don't know if I remember them now or not, all of them, but yeah. I can do them forwards, backwards with the state capital first, with the state first. I try to make it harder sometimes if it's getting too easy. Wow. That's amazing to hear. Wow. So Marty, something just came to mind here as we were talking I want to go back in our, in our biblical brains here for a second. And I guess it's kind of tied to our children's musical. We're about to do too, where it's the story of Daniel and in Daniel, he talks to the King's guys and he says, look, we don't want to eat your food off your table, which I'm assuming was, you know, every piece of pastry, every meat, everything they, that they wanted. And he said, just give us water and vegetables. Is that something you can go back to and kind of say, you know, the, as almost a, a proof that biblically a vegetarian or a vegetable-based diet is a more sustainable one than a high-fat, high high-meat kind of a diet? I am not anti-meat. I'm anti-bad meat. The nutrition experts that I, rec- that I respect the most are not promoting being a vegetarian. And I think even the studies that wave the flag for a plant-based diet, it isn't so much that they took the meat out, it's that they put the vegetables in and are eating more vegetables. So eating more vegetables is a good thing. Drinking water is a good thing, probably better than most of the other choices. I mean, clearly better than the other choices. It was the original plan, but we are built as omnivores and we do a lot better if we get animal protein because it gives us the amino acids we need to build tissue and hormones. And it gives us the zinc and the vitamin B12 things that the vegetarians are often deficient in. 
And you can be a vegetarian and actually just be a brainiac. You just eat, you know, all things bread and pasta, which is not useful. Right. And, well, and Marty, you, you know about the vegetables and how mom and dad were about the vegetables. And we couldn't get up, at least Jim and I couldn't get up from the table unless we'd finished. I don't know if you had the sweet talk or what, but we had to finish them. And I'm just not a big vegetable fan today. And it's probably sad. I think it, it frustrates Kathy at times. And then our kids, when we go to their house at David and Nikki's, our oldest son, Nikki tries to give me the same rule as her children. And it, being a good role model, I probably should. You have to have a no thank you helping. <laughs> My favorite, you know, years ago, I found out wasn't even a vegetable and that was tomatoes. I thought, no wonder I liked it because it wasn't really a vegetable. Yeah, they're actually a fruit. I think the problem that we had is that mom had the right idea. She just needed to go to cooking school because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. what is worse than a badly cooked Brussels sprout? Oh, yeah, um, right. Oh, in lima beans, I couldn't touch one. Things were today. overcooked and they're really better almost raw than when they're poorly cooked. I think you have to give them another chance and try them in a different format. Maybe when you go to a restaurant, you can uh -huh. experiment. Do you remember at mom's 80th birthday party when we had the remember whens? I am convinced, and I would tease her, that mom made peas every day every for all the years I lived at home. So I wrote, remember when mom didn't fix peas? <laughs> And then I wrote down at the bottom, me either, <laughs> because she always did. That well, was naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, when we talk about vegetables, I think even like broccoli, David and Nikki are really into some gourmet kind of cooking and they did something with them. Like they broiled them maybe or fried them or barbecued them or grilled them. That's what they did. And those were tolerable which is good. Oh, well, when you caramelize a vegetable, like on a grill, it gives it a little bit of sweetness and it just amps up the, the flavor. I want right. to put in a word for kale. Kale is excellent, but it is one thing you should buy organic. There's a group called the Environmental Working Group that's a nonprofit watchdog group. Every year they do some testing and they come out with their dirty dozen and their clean 15. So it's a guide that you can uh -huh. look at and say, oh, well, these are the most contaminated produce. And these like avocados, fine, don't bother with organic, but kale, it was the top bad boy. So uh -huh. treat yourself to organic kale. And one of the easy ways that I fix that is just strip it off the stems, run it through a salad spinner to get any sand off of it. I put it in a steamer basket and steam it for like seven or eight minutes till it's soft. And then I toss it with a good salad dressing. Truthfully, the one is we usually have leftover from the salads at Chick-fil-A. It's the zesty apple cider vinegar. And a mm -hmm. little bit of that just adds so much flavor to it that that sounds good. We actually enjoy it. Now you have mentioned you mentioned organic, so let's let's kind of dive down that rabbit hole a little bit. 
when it comes to organic, Marty, what, what does that really mean? What is, what are the benefits to us from a health perspective of organic versus just the vegetables that are there? There is organic certification and assuming that the government is doing its job, what that means is that they did not use any synthetic chemical pesticides, herbicides, miticides, fertilizers that is supposedly going back to more ancient kinds of farming that nourished the soil, didn't kill off. It's like the soil is like our intestinal tract. We don't want to use a bunch of chemicals to kill off the good organisms that are in the soil because that helps bind the carbon. So it's good for the environment and it helps make the vegetables not only less toxic, but more nutritious because they bind more minerals into them. So I wish everything was organic because it's better for the farmers, it's better for us, it's better for the planet. But because there's a smaller amount of that, it ends up costing more these days, at least, than conventional factory farming. One last thing I'd like to cover before we wrap up today Uh, Marty, we see these things and you mentioned the big box stores with their pallets of their, uh, of their vitamins and multivitamins that, that they want to put out, but we're seeing an increased amount of TV advertising for everything from, uh, pills that improve mental acuity to different fish oils that do different things to, um, multivitamins that, that will improve, you know, that will cure diabetes and all kinds of things. When we're looking at a vegetable or not a vegetable, when we're looking at, uh, at vitamins, at multivitamins or at certain health products, you know, that we're being told are being helpful. Should we be believing what we're hearing? I think there's a grain of truth with all of them. I think there is a natural inclination to exaggerate the benefits, but there's hardly anything you can't do with a natural substance. If the, there's a medication that would do it, the same benefit can be had with a natural substance without the side effects. And so the FDA will not allow a company to make health claims. You cannot say that anything will prevent, treat, or cure a disease. You can't even prevent a deficiency disease. It's kind of nuts. So. Actually, they would like to say a lot more than they say. And that's one reason that on my radio show, I don't sell any products because I don't want to be restricted by the legal limits on claims. I want to be able to tell the truth and help people understand what they can do. And anything can be overdone. Here's an example. Probably most people, even the ones that are into nutrition, may not have heard. We hear a lot about polyphenols. Those are the kind of the active properties in cinnamon, coffee, green tea, wine, and various supplements um, like quercetin. There are things that are very good, but you know more is always better because if you overdo those, it can actually cause anxiety. So you want to kind of stay around 300 milligrams a day and not just go crazy with those things. 
there's a lot going on in the right. world of nutrition and as, and as it relates to mental health. And uh, maybe we've piqued an interest with you today about finding out some more about nutrition and how it might help your health. Uh, Marty, what is uh, your website once again in the name of the show, the podcast that you do? The show is called Healthy by Nature. An easy way to learn all about it is to go to our website, which is healthybynatureshow.com. And you can shorten it to hbnshow.com. And there on the menu, you'll see listen. And in that tab, you can find broadcast stations all over the country. You can find archives going back years. You go back a little ways, you'll find an interview I did with Tom Russell on Healthy by Nature. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, yeah that's really back yeah. in the archives. <laughs> and Tom, if someone wants to start a uh, conversation with you about mental health that might work into conversations about nutrition, how can they reach you? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And Marty, the whole point of nutrition and how important that is is a great one. When we maintain our nutrition, we're going to see less issues with depression and anxiety. So uh, you're right. It, it goes back to your first premise of doing it right, taking our nutrition seriously. And it's something you have in your control. And that feels mm -hmm. good because I think so often, and this is your department, but the people don't feel like they are in control of their lives. That's where this depression will set in. Yeah. All and right. One other, other thing that's on the menu of healthybynatureshow.com is a tab for newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter and it's free, worth every penny. Marty, thank yeah. you so much for your time and yeah. uh, hope things are continue to go well for you down south in Texas. And thanks for being on our show, Marty. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to spread the good word. 